Okay, we are now joined by Natalie Shore. She is a writer, organizer, and comedian. Uh, thank you for joining us, Natalie. Thanks so much for having me. Good to be back. Yes. Uh, and you have a new, we, we were able to sneak peek a, uh, a piece that will be coming out in a publication of note. Um, soon. In media, it's called the sneak peek. That's right. Professional. We got the preview. <laughs> um, about the end of Roe v. Wade and how this ultimately may not or likely will not motivate Democrats to come out to the polls uh, and won't have, you know, a, a negative impact really on, on the Republican Party either. So, you know, we're speaking now a, a couple of days after this, another sneak peek of a, of a decision. Uh, we're getting all our sneak peeks in before June, before stuff really hits the fan. Um, but why don't we start with why you were motivated to write this piece? Because I'm, I'm assuming this was before you um, had the knowledge that we all just uh, acquired that uh, the court has decided or is likely deciding to, to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah, so the piece, uh, which will come out, I believe, in June or July, uh, was planned as, um, you know, part of a themed issue on uh, a post-Roe world, uh, looking at that from many different angles. And so I was looking at it uh, specifically, you know, electorally, how it might how it might affect electoral politics. Uh, And I think that you know, a lot of people yesterday, the other day with the leaked draft decision uh, and over the past couple of years, because, you know, it's it's not as if I'm a soothsayer. This is something that, you know, people have seen the writing on the wall ever since uh, the Supreme Court decided to um, take up uh, the Dobbs case, which is the one that's uh, in Mississippi set to act as a pretext to overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, you know, the, the makeup of the court uh, made this outcome very likely. Um, and of course, the makeup of the court with, you know, now six conservatives, as opposed to even five, uh, you know, there have been some key decisions where um, usually John Roberts flips and votes with the liberals that, you know, things like um, various ACA cases have been like that, where, you know, the, the conservative outcome didn't prevail. Um, but now they've got, you know, a, a uh, conscience-guided moderate right-wingers veto-proof majority, right? So they have six people. Uh, And I think as soon as Amy Coney Barrett came on board, um, you know, a lot of the states where the religious right does have a lot more power, where there's more social conservatism, I think did just start to pass laws more brazenly that they wouldn't have before. Uh, And so that's, you know, an important way to look at this, that it's not just, oh, the the timing happened to be it's different justices. It's, you know, the anti-abortion movement uh, did this on purpose, passed something that they knew would be, you know, struck down or not even accepted uh, by higher courts just a couple of years ago, that that's now in play. Um, so I was trying to grapple with uh, the implications of that. And a lot of people uh, have, have talked about this as a potentially galvanizing moment, um, that this could really be, you know, a a movement building moment for Democrats. Um, And I guess we can't rule that out on a limited basis in the short term. But overall, I think what makes me skeptical about that analysis is the fact that 
um, you know, the, the, the reason that uh, the Democratic Party is electorally waning, and we can point to so many structural reasons why that's true. Um, you know, the, the way that the Senate works, the way that proportional representation works, blah, 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 it, it really does favor um, Republicans in a lot of instances. Um, but I think it's also the fact that as education polarization has increased, um, with, you know, more, more like young educated professionals being on the democratic side, uh, it's, it's, it's unclear where the democratic party is going to find those voters to, you know, defeat the right and Republicans. Um, and I also think it's important to realize that, uh, you know, abortion has become such a massive issue on the right. I think for, uh, you know, class reasons that are sometimes overlooked. Uh, ultimately, wealthy women um, will always be able to get an abortion. Um, that, you know, a lot of these restrictions, curtailments of these rights will uh, fall very dramatically on um, poor and uh, near poor women. And that that fits, fits very, you know, uh, fits very seamlessly within the rights project. So I think I think you have to see this as a class issue and it will require class war to get out of that. Uh, and so all of that is to say, why am I skeptical that this could be a flashpoint for Democrats? Um, because I think that to reconstitute the party and to build a durable base moving forward that could change the political landscape in this country, I think that you do need to reconstitute uh, these bases by class. I think that you need a resurgent class movement. And I don't see a way forward besides that. And well said. I mean, this is also... There's just so many different factors all contributing to this kind of a tide shift in in the uh, in the halls of the Supreme Court. And this is all excluding, you know, just a basic reality that we cannot let Catholics into the highest seats of power in our country, (laughs) which is something people used to know. And then we let them in six months later, the Pope's dictating what happens in the halls of D.C. 